Noah and Kate, Chapter 27 At seven o'clock that evening, the sun was beginning its leisurely descent from the clouds and gilding the sky with a warm, pinky glow. Kate sat on the floor of the cabin, surrounded by a half-moon of boxes and parcels and seed-bundle packages ready to be sent out. Hmm, the deer-resistant one goes to... She said out loud, checking her chart. Uh, Anderson in Springdale, right. She paused and frowned, and leaned to pick up the small bundle of seed envelopes. She flipped through them, making sure the mixture was complete. Columbine, forget-me-not, foxglove, candy-tuft. Where's the black-eyed Susan? Ah! She reached farther for the missing package and added it to the pile. The paper sleeves were sturdy, but looked delicate, especially with the faded pastels and elegant lettering. She loved looking at the envelopes. They were so pretty, she'd often thought of framing some and putting them up as art. And the budding businesswoman in her was certain no other seed company had gone in this direction, at least with their brand design. Brand design? Listen to her! A couple of months ago, she was filling out insurance forms for new hires in a stifling city office, and now look at her! She smiled to herself, allowing herself a moment of sheer childish delight at the direction her life had started to take. Her website needed a bit of an overhaul, since it was just a basic template a co-worker had once created for her, but the point was, her plan was working. Orders were coming in daily, sometimes ten or twelve a day, and when she joined the lively discussions on forums about heirloom seeds, everyone seemed so enthusiastic about Zuzu's petals. She basked in the praise, of course, but tried not to get ahead of herself. Enthusiasm was one thing. Orders in hand were another. She'd need to sell a lot more than a dozen seed bundles a day to make this a full-time job. But, looking around at the orders fanning out around her, she knew it was possible. The thought made her almost laugh out loud with delight. Okay, now. The butterfly attracting, she murmured. Actually, there should be three of those. The sound of the pickup rumbling up the road and into the driveway made her pause in mid-reach, and another kind of delight flushed through her. She sat back and surveyed her work quickly, trying to make sure she could come back to it later on, after... After... Dot, dot, dot. Oh, you wanton hussy, she thought to herself, with utterly zero shame. A door slammed outside, and Noah's steps on the porch made her look up to watch him through the screen door. He smiled when he saw her, and her entire body flushed with a happy, giddy warmth. He came in with that casual, easy stride of his, looking freshly showered and effortlessly cool in a simple black t-shirt and jeans. She completely forgot that she was wearing an oversized t-shirt with a cartoon drawing of a cow on it, and nothing else. She got up and went to him, and he grinned, opening his arms so she could hug him. As she wrapped her arms around him, he lowered his mouth to hers, and it was hot and sweet and warm and crazy delicious, and her whole body almost went limp. They swayed a bit as they stood, holding on to each other as they kissed. When they parted, he looked down at her with heavy-lidded eyes. Hey, Malone. Hey, Kincaid. I'm sorry it's so late in the day he said. I wanted to come by earlier. Still busy at work? Sort of, he said. Busy sleeping. I slept for about 15 hours in the call room. 
Her eyes widened. Oh my god. Well, you must have needed it. Yeah. He let out a gust of a laugh. I am really getting too old for these double shifts. You must be almost done there, right? She asked, and only realized after she'd said it that she'd inadvertently introduced his impending departure into their haze of canoodling. Yeah, he said, more brightly, and then he seemed to realize it, too. He looked up and out through the windows of the cabin. Looks like it's going to be a nice sunset. You want to go down to the water? Sure, she said, smiling. You hungry? You want to bring something down with us? Nah, I grabbed something on the way over. But thanks. She was both disappointed and relieved that he'd declined her offer. Disappointed because she liked making food for them. It felt homey and comfortable and somehow intimate. She was relieved because it felt homey and comfortable and somehow intimate, and she was always on guard against the June cleavers sneaking into the time they had together. She slipped into a pair of flip-flops, and together they went down the trail to the water's edge, to where a couple of Adirondack chairs flanked a cold fire pit. Blankets and cozy wraps draped over them haphazardly, for when the nights grew chilly, but too beautiful to go back inside. Kate sat down comfortably and gazed out at the lake, watching the gentle ripples on the water through the long golden rays that danced and shimmered. Noah took the other chair, but sat forward, resting his arms on his knees. So, how's your business going? he asked conversationally. His tone surprised her somewhat, and she couldn't put her finger on what it was about it that felt odd. It was... more formal? No, not formal, but something was off. She could feel it. Great, she said brightly. I've got a lot of orders to process, and it seems like I get more every day. That's great, he said, smiling at her. I'm really happy for you. Okay, now that was weird. Now it wasn't just his tone that was off. Now he was using throwaway cliches. No, is something up? You don't seem yourself. No, nothing's up, he said, smiling at her again. Damn, why did he have to be so good looking? This thought occurred to her pretty much every time she saw him, so she brushed it aside. She resisted the urge to press him further and turned to look back out at the lake. It was lovely and cool down by the water, and she closed her eyes to enjoy the refreshing breezes that tickled her face and lifted her hair. At length, he spoke again. So, this might sound weird, but... She opened her eyes and looked at him. He met her eyes, but then looked down as he spoke. It's kind of lame, I guess, but... What? she asked, keeping her tone light. Out with it, Kincaid. He smiled. Well, something M said today. I, I was just wondering. We are friends, right? You and me? Kate frowned slightly. Of course. I mean, real friends. Close friends. I would say, of course we're close friends. I've seen you naked. But then again, half of Cedar Lake has seen you naked. So... He laughed. True. Very true. But then, I've seen half of Cedar Lake naked, too. In a different sort of way. She laughed, 
wondering what it must be like to know most of the town so intimately. How was he able to run into so-and-so in a store and not picture that unfortunate time her toe had gotten stuck in the bathtub drain and he'd had to take apart the trap to get the naked and shivering lady out? She had no idea if this had ever actually happened. It just seemed like something he'd have to deal with living in a town like this. So, she sobered a little, prompting him gently after a few more moments of silence. What's on your mind? He smiled self-effacingly. Nothing, really. I, I guess I just wanted to make sure. I mean, I wanted to know if you think that we'll still be friends. You know, after I go. The words stung her, made her stomach tighten up. But then any talk of his leaving did that to her. She looked out over the lake and tried to choose her words and how she delivered them carefully. I'm sure we will, she said after a moment. She swallowed. She was proud of herself for using will instead of would, but it still hurt to say it. Do you feel like we won't? His shoulders lifted in the merest hint of a shrug. He looked out at the lake, but his gaze seemed far away, unfocused. I can't speak for you, obviously. She took that to mean that he was only unsure of her feelings on the subject, not that he was ambivalent about his own. Which wasn't surprising, of course. All he'd ever wanted was a friends-with-benefits relationship. Heavy emphasis on the friends part. Not because friendship was all that amazing, but precisely because it was a more lukewarm attachment than love. Kate took a steadying breath. We'll still be friends. We've known each other since we were ten. We grew up together. Well, off and on. And there's Paige, of course, who means so much to both of us. At the mention of his sister's name, he turned his attention back to Kate. Did she have a talk with you? He asked. She said she wanted to apologize for freaking out like that. Yeah, we spoke at Luna's, Kate said. It's fine. We had a good talk. He nodded slightly at that, and his lips quirked. He looked down at the rocks and pebbles strewn along the shore, some of them shiny and glistening in the long, low light. She wanted to know if I'd go with you. Kate wanted to say this so badly it almost hurt not to, but she pursed her lips to keep the words in and looked down, too. I hope she'll be okay, Noah said pensively, picking up a large, flat stone and turning it over in his hands. And they both knew he meant after he left town. I'd feel better if she had someone. You know, boyfriend or whatever. I worry about her being alone all the time. Kate smiled to herself, remembering when Paige had said the same thing about Noah. The twin thing really was strong with these two. I'll be here, Kate said. And there's Callum, of course. Noah scowled slightly his expression clouding. Yeah, well. What's wrong with Callum? He shrugged. Nothing's wrong with Callum. The way he looks at her sometimes, Kate said wistfully, and could feel herself redden. She'd been about to say that she wished someone would look at her that way, but realized with a mix of emotions that she did have someone who looked at her that way. 
Only he wasn't looking at her any kind of way, now. I just wish she'd give him a chance, she said finally, lowering her chin on the last words to soften them. Her throat was suddenly tight, and she didn't want Noah to hear the quaver in her voice. But if he suspected any particular poignancy to what she'd said, he didn't show it. He flung the stone out over the water and watched it skip across the surface. She won't, he said absently. She'll never go out with him. Poor guy. Kate frowned. Why not? They seem perfect for each other. And he is crazy about her. Noah glanced over at her, and the boyish smile that lit his face made her heart thump traitorously. He really is. It's kind of pathetic, actually. If it were anyone but my sister, I'd never let him live it down. Pathetic, thought Kate, with a surge of bitterness that surprised her. Love was pathetic now? She leaned down and picked up a ponderous, heavy stone that wouldn't skip across the pond if it had wings, and tossed it unceremoniously into the water. It landed with a heavy plonk near Noah's feet. So why won't she go out with him? Kate asked again. She seems to like him well enough. She does, Noah replied, his arm swinging in a smooth, low arc as he tossed another stone. He watched it sail through the sky and disappear with a delicate splash. But I've been thinking about it, and I think I know why she won't get involved with him. Oh? He's a cop. He said it so simply, with that same preoccupied distance in his voice, that it took Kate a moment to realize the meaning behind his words. A cop. A cop like their father, killed in the line of duty. She chastised herself silently for being so insensitive, for not figuring it out sooner, and for making him spell it out. For almost as long as she'd known the twins, Brian Kincaid's death had hung over them like a pall, shadowing every part of their lives. A premature death that had thrust Noah into the role of protector at too young an age. The death that had made a teenage boy feel like he was now the man of the house. The death that had essentially denied him his adolescence, and made him determined to leave now. I should have realized, Kate said quietly. It makes sense, though. Noah didn't answer for a moment, just turned a stone over in his fingers. When he spoke, his voice was the same, practiced calm. When my dad was killed, Paige and my mom just collapsed, mentally. For like six months, all they did was cry. I couldn't cry, at least not in front of them, because I had to be strong for them. I had to step up. But it tore me up, seeing them so shattered by grief. I'm so sorry, Kate said, wanting to reach over and touch him. She held back, though, thinking it might be more of a comfort to just let him talk. Paige sort of learned to live with it, I guess, he went on. You know, the way kids can bounce back from things. But my mom, it really changed her. She became a different person, a shadow of what she used to be. And she drifted away from us, at least emotionally. I know Paige really needed her, but she was just absent, you know? I do know, Kate said quietly. 
She and I used to talk about our moms when we were teenagers. Kate's mom had always been such a sporadic presence in her life. Losing custody of her, getting her act together enough to get her back, then falling off the wagon again, or hooking up with some new boyfriend that brought chaos and violence into their lives and sent Kate back into foster care. Noah looked over at her with a sympathetic, sad kind of smile and acknowledgement. Mom's been okay over the last few years, he said offhandedly. She's happy enough in Florida with her sister and everything. But, you know, she didn't even call on our birthday. Some years she does, but I guess this year she just forgot. Kate's heart twisted and she had to fight back tears. Her own mom hadn't called either. In fact, Kate hadn't spoken to her mother in more than a year and didn't even know where she was living at the moment. Weren't mothers supposed to love their kids forever? Weren't they supposed to care about them at 30 or 50 or 70? Yeah, mine too. Noah's lips quirked again in an expression of sympathy. Kind of sucks, doesn't it? It does. He reached over and took her hand in his, rubbed his thumb along hers idly. So I've been thinking about it lately, and I figure Paige just can't face something like that happening to her. Or, you know, any kids they might have. His face cleared a little. You know, she and Callum actually went out a few times in high school. Nothing serious. A group movie night thing once and a dance, I think. Really? Kate frowned. She would have remembered something as monumental as that. Then she recalled having been sent to live with her mom's cousin in the city for four months when she was almost 17. Apparently, much had happened in Cedar Lake during her absence, things she hadn't even told Kate about. So what happened? She didn't say, but that's around the time Callum started volunteering with the sheriff's department, saying he wanted to join the force. Around the same time, I became an EMT. Oh, Kate said, seeing it clearly now. That's when she cooled towards him. Noah said, I can't believe I never figured it out till now. Do you think he knows this? Kate asked. I doubt it. Noah squinted out at the lake, skipped the stone he'd been worrying between his fingers. It skipped five times before sinking beneath the surface. He knows about our dad, obviously, but he doesn't know how badly it affected Paige. If he knew, I bet he'd leave the force for her, Kate said, a wistful note sneaking into her voice. I think he'd do absolutely anything for her. I think he really loves her. The tears that began to sting the back of her eyes came on suddenly, bursting through her defenses, shocking her with how insistent and inescapable they were. Lord, why did her every thought come with the sting of recrimination, the voice of a disapproving parent in her head, admonishing her not to say things to Noah that could be taken the wrong way? Don't say Callum would leave the force for her. Noah will think he should give up his trip for you. Don't make him uncomfortable. Don't talk about love, no matter what. Once, just once, she'd love to slip her inner critic a Mickey and just say whatever was in her heart. But it wouldn't be tonight. She turned her face away, trying to hide from Noah. He seemed to sense the change in her nonetheless. Katie, 
You okay? She nodded silently without turning her face back to him. She dabbed at the skin under her eyes to dry her tears. She could feel him rising from his chair and moving to crouch in front of her. Hey, look at me, he said gently, concern in his voice. He reached up and touched her cheek, gently guiding her face back so their eyes met. What's going on? She shook her head and closed her eyes briefly, smiling when she felt she could open them again. Nothing. It's nothing. Come on, tell me. The soft expression in his eyes, the way the fading light limbed him in the golden haze, the cool breeze fluttering through her hair, and the feel of his hand resting on her collarbone. She only had so many defenses against this man. When she spoke, she honestly did not know she was going to say what she did. Did you ask about still being friends because you want us to stop seeing each other? He reared back a bit, a look of genuine surprise on his face. No. No, not at all. Because we did agree that either one of us could call time, she said, and wasn't sure why she was reminding him of something she absolutely did not want to have happen. She simply couldn't stop herself. It was either say these things, or collapse, weeping in his arms. No, why would you think that? She lifted a shoulder and gave him an embarrassed look. I don't know. You didn't reply to my text today <laughs> about the best sex ever. And I wanted to say, I was only kidding. It was. No doubt about it. He cut her off. I I'm sorry I didn't reply. I meant to, but I just completely zonked out. She nodded. It's okay, I get it. He met her eyes. I'm not making up an excuse. I really was, face down in the pillow, all day. She laughed lightly, a wet, snotty sort of laugh that felt good. I hope Emma got a photo. And she probably did. Noah slid his hand into her hair again and leaned forward, bracing himself on the arm of the chair for support as he kissed her. It was slow and sensual, a gentle meeting of their lips, something lingering and poignant passing between them as they stopped to look at each other before resuming the kiss. After a moment that lasted forever, and yet not long enough, he sat back and then straightened up. He held out his hand to her. Come on, I want to show you something, he said, and winked. <laughs>